All right, welcome to episode 25 of the Cigar Snob Podcast. This is a milestone episode, and we have a milestone cigar to go along with this uh, particular recording. I'm joined by Eric Calvino. Yo, hang on a second. I'm cutting my cigar. Oh, okay. And <laughs> Ivan Ocampo. What's up, peeps? All right. So uh, on this episode, we're going to be talking about a Rocky Patel cigar that we happen to be smoking right now, the NBA playoffs, some Kardashian news, Pittsburgh, New Orleans, taxes, uh, golf, and all sorts taxes, of other stuff. I like taxes. taxes. And, uh, but before we get into that, a word from our sponsor, Villiger Cigars. Villiger Cigars, celebrating 130 years in tobacco, unveils its first ever full-bodied premium handmade cigar in the Villiger La Vencedora. The Villiger La Vencedora is the follow-up cigar to the highly acclaimed Villiger La Flor de Inclán and Villiger Sandoro Colorado. This Nicaraguan puro, wrapped in a beautiful Nicaraguan Habano puro wrapper, boasts a potent full-bodied smoking experience featuring highly seasoned, hearty flavors. The Villiger La Vencedora, which translates to the victor, emits a billowing aromatic smoke throughout the smoky experience. The Villiger La Vencedora, a palate-pleasing, full-bodied, yet elegant cigar that will satisfy the cigar connoisseur as well as the casual smoker. I am ready. Here we go. And, uh, all right, we are back. On this episode of the podcast, our featured cigar is... The Hamlet 25th Year, which is a Rocky Patel product, uh, product, not not a product, product. It's a uh, Rocky Patel product, uh, blended by Hamlet Paredes. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if this is about my product or, but uh, but yeah, blended by Hamlet Paredes. Uh, this is the the blurb that they have about this cigar on the Rocky Patel website. The Read Hamlet, that blurb. Here we go. The Hamlet 25th Year is the second brand developed by renowned Cuban cigar blender and master roller Hamlet Paredes. Crafted in Nicaragua, this medium-bodied cigar features a cedary Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, a Pennsylvania broadleaf binder, and Nicaraguan and Honduran fillers. The Hamlet 25th, sorry, Hamlet 25th Year honors the achievements of Hamlet Paredes' body of work through a quarter century in the cigar industry, and this cigar delivers all the quality for which Hamlet is known. So again, this has an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper. It's got a Pennsylvania broadleaf binder and fillers from Honduras and Nicaragua. We are smoking this in the 5.5 by 50 Robusto, although it's also available in Toro and 60. Ivan, what are your uh, thoughts? I think you you were the first to actually get yours lit. One of my favorite Rocky products. Yeah? Uh, yeah. It's very enjoyable. Uh... I love it. Yeah, it's a great cigar. Yeah, medium bodied, not not uh, overpowering. It's kind of like right in your wheelhouse, right? Yeah. You don't uh, you don't tend to go for things that are overpowering, and this is is smooth and creamy and and uh, medium don't, bodied. Don't is... judge me though. <laughs> I like to be versatile, but yeah, this is a great cigar. Ah, yeah, no doubt about it. It was on our on our list. Yeah. So well, yeah, so I mean, do, and... do we look how much? Where did it end up on our list? Uh, oh, that's a good question. Does anybody know exactly this? where? Um, we have three computers in front of us. We can pull it up in uh, on the website. Remember to check that out. What you got? Eleven. Number eleven on the list 
of uh, Cigar Snob's Top 25 Cigars of 2017. So the 25th year was number 11. Uh, this, it goes to 11. It goes to 11. Well, it goes to 25, but this one goes to 11. Uh, so so this cigar, at, at least for me in this first like half inch or so, is uh, it definitely delivers on that cedary uh, Habano yeah, I'm with uh, you. flavor, uh, which... I think kind of uh, speaks to the fact that this was a, a Hamlet blend and something kind of a little bit outside of the traditional Rocky pepper forward. Yeah, profile. pepper, chocolate, right? That's yeah, sort yeah. of like Rocky's like hallmarks. I really enjoy smoking this cigar with Hamlet. Yeah, because he dude, gets man. very passionate about it, and I'm sure everybody caught the podcast, uh, previous podcast, episode that we, one. That's yeah, right. Yeah, that we did with Hamlet. It's episode uh, one. But I do enjoy smoking with him because he's so passionate and knowledgeable. If anybody catches him out there in any events that he does and has a chance to speak to him, he's worth the speaking to. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. And and have him make you a cigar. He's pretty damn good at it. And have him make you a cigar. So yeah, for those who don't know, uh, the very first episode of this podcast is a uh, a long interview that, uh, and by long I just mean like deep interview that we did with Hamlet Paredes uh, before he came to uh, to the states and began working with Rocky Patel. He was um, one of the sort of ambassador cigar rollers for Habanos, which is the, the Cuban cigar company. Boo. Um, right. Yeah. There you go. So boo to Habanos, but hooray, three cheers for <laughs> Hamlet Paredes. Uh, so, yeah, check that out in episode one. You can learn all about him and uh, and look out for this uh, Hamlet 25th year. This is a solid, solid cigar. We're going to be revisiting the cigar in a bit. But we're on episode 25, Nick. 25, buddy. I know, 25. Do you remember when we first started 25 episodes ago? It seems like it was only a month or two ago. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so, speaking of Rocky Patel, uh, when we did that interview with Hamlet, we were at Burn by Rocky Patel, which is Rocky Patel's cigar bar in Naples, Florida, uh, in the last sort of team chat episode of this podcast, we talked about the fact that, Eric, you would be heading to Pittsburgh for the opening of Rocky Patel, uh, I guess, Burned by Rocky Patel Pittsburgh. Correct. So, uh, so yeah, you were there. How'd it go? It was awesome. Awesome. The, the place is, I, I want to say it's like three times the size of, uh, of the burn in, in Naples. Uh, beautiful place. This one has food, unlike uh, the Naples one. So, so you can, uh, it's kind of like elevated bar food. So very good stuff. Like I'm talking like flatbreads and and uh, pizzas and hors d'oeuvres and things. Really nice food. Uh, but the cigar selection was awesome. The humidor is much bigger in this one than than in Naples. Uh, and just the way it, the way it's designed, it's it like pays homage to to Pittsburgh, right? So if you step back and look, you'll see like it, it almost looks like uh, you're under a bridge in in some in some sense. It's next to two. Well, yeah. Well, you can't be anywhere in Pittsburgh and not right, be right, right, next right. to two bridges almost. But uh, but, but it's the down the street from Heinz Field, though. It, it's it's actually almost equidistant from Heinz Field and PNC Park, so it's in a in a great spot, and uh, I loved it, man. It turned out that uh, I was there with Rocky for two uh, openings, and those were the the fourth and fifth of the of the week. So they were they were doing a soft opening every night uh, of that week, kind of gearing up, and then Saturday, what day would that be? So yeah, so Saturday the seventh was the first uh, actual day that they were open to the public. But uh, 
huge success uh, during that that opening. Uh, you know, there were it, it looked like the entire Pittsburgh Penguins team was there. Uh, <laughs> a bunch of players, also from the Pirates, the front office for the uh, for the Steelers. There was a bunch of athletes all around, good looking women all around, and uh, yeah, good times. So, did, did you uh, now that you're mentioning that there were all these athletes there? Did did you get a chance to either talk to them or get a sense for which of them were the most serious smokers? I didn't. Uh, I didn't, but I did notice uh, Joey Porter, who is an ex-Steelers linebacker, also also played for the Dolphins for a bit. Uh, he was. He's a, he's a known cigar smoker, and he was uh, the the whole night. He was there wasn't a moment that he wasn't uh, that he wasn't smoking. So he was into it. Uh, and then the uh, the the corner where all the hockey players were uh, was just it was a smoke filled corner. Yeah. So yeah, those guys seemed to be uh, into it. I didn't talk to any of them because a lot of them the leagues that they play in uh, prevent them from speaking to media or anything. I said, I, I didn't want to put them in that position Right, right as right. soon as they found out that I was in the media or something. So I didn't bother them. Plus they were there to just hang out and smoke cigars and drink. I, that's not my thing. Right, I, don't, right. I, don't, I don't like to crimp your style. Is everybody wearing black and yellow? You know that there wasn't a lot of black and yellow uh, on that night because, that night. because uh, you know, you had to dress up a bit for that night, but on the street, on the streets of Pittsburgh, I don't know if I've ever seen a city where uh, the percentage of people wearing jerseys is so high. At all times, you see people walking around wearing jerseys. So, so yeah, there's a lot of black and yellow going on, but uh, but not that night. Yeah, so uh, so we talked about that a little bit in the last episode. Um, was there anything when you weren't at, at Burn? How'd you, you weren't there for very long, but... No, I was there two days. How were the drink prices, by the way? So I, I I didn't pay for a lot of drinks. Oh, of course. Big time and everybody. Cigar snob, big I time didn't discount. Pay for Us a lot commoners. Of drinks. Nish, gotta... Nish doesn't let you pay for drinks. Uh, and and neither does Rocky. So, yeah, I, I didn't pay for a lot of drinks. But the ones that I did pay for didn't seem to be terribly expensive. Says Nish doesn't let you pay. No, Nish doesn't let Eric pay for right, drinks. Right. We're paying. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> get out of here. But uh, Frank Herrera, the attorney uh, are, and the friend of the magazine and podcast, uh, he and I had dinner at a place uh, right down the street from Burn called Hyde Park uh, Steakhouse or Chapas. I don't know what it's called, but holy shit, that was awesome. Pittsburgh style ribeye, nice out of hand. Yeah, out of hand. Highly recommend it. So yeah, we've said it before. Even though Pittsburgh, that's not my recommendation for later. Right, right, right. Yeah, Pittsburgh is a uh, uh, a surprisingly you know surprising if you've never been surprisingly great cigar town. So this definitely just sort of like adds to what was already. Uh, a pretty strong cigar landscape up there. Oh, shout out to Jim from Leaf and Bean. That's right. Picked us up at the airport That's and hung Island out. Island Jim. Island Jim was a great host. Uh, if you've never been there, you got to check that out. So if you if you visit Pittsburgh to go to Burn, you also have to go into the Strip District and check out Leaf and Bean. It is yeah. one of the most unique cigar shops you will ever be in, especially in the morning because they're big on coffee. So if, if you yeah, they roast coffee uh, all yeah. day there. If you're a cigar and coffee person, that's like Pittsburgh must visit. At that at that hour, well, I guess you can drink coffee any time of the day, right? But yeah, but I mean, you can say that a place is into coffee or whatever, but they roast it. There, yeah, yeah. This is not is... like a Keurig in the corner. <laughs> exactly. Or yeah. So uh, I love that place. We spoke a little bit about athletes, but one sport in which Pittsburgh does not participate at the professional level. Nope. The NBA playoffs are coming up. 
Mm. So just this is uh, I think this coming Saturday is the first game. I'll do a quick uh, run through of who is going to be in this playoffs. For those of you who are not aware, in the Western Conference, we've got uh, from seeds one through eight. Or actually, I'll just go by who what the matchups are. So. The number one Rockets are going up against the Timberwolves. Then you've got Oklahoma City and the Jazz, Portland and New Orleans, Golden State and San Antonio. And then in the East, it's Toronto and the Bullets. Uh, sorry, the Wizards. I'm, I'm still stuck in the Bullets yeah. era. Whoa, Bernard King. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cleveland is going up against the Pacers, the Sixers, and our Miami Heat. And then Boston and the Milwaukee Bucks. So... Uh, Two questions here. First, if you all, well, are there any initial thoughts that you have about the way that this playoffs uh, has has shaped up? And if you had to predict at least one uh, first-round upset, what would you go with? Hmm. Well, first-round upset, I think you have to go with Milwaukee over Boston. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boston's got uh, a lot of injuries, and uh, Milwaukee's looking pretty good. Except uh, I hate what they did in... Uh, in yesterday's game, securing uh, that Boston matchup, right? Obviously, everybody wanted the Boston matchup because Boston's hurt. Uh, and so, th- did you see how they uh, no. just laid down yesterday? I didn't. Kind of like a suck for luck type of thing. Okay. I don't know how you can do that. No. I really, I can't, I can't imagine that. I can't imagine a coach telling their team, lay down here. For the last game of the season, I can't don't have do a it. problem laying down. It was deplorable. It was embarrassing. It was like, it was... It was a mockery of the game. I can't. I can't deal I with that. I don't know. If it but may, anyway, I thought that sucked, sense, and I hope. I hope it comes back to bite them in the ass. All right. Uh, so that's that's all I got there. But for you bring up center. a good point. I mean, it, if if you're coaching the team and you know that it might make a difference in how you're seated and whether you make it into a second round, you still don't suck for that. Doesn't bother from that. No, suck I think you got to. I think you got to play balls to the wall. And hey, I think it's. I don't know. You got to beat. You yeah, gotta you beat play, the other you, team anyway. You play balls to the wall with your seventh, eighth, and ninth starter on the bench. No, you can't do. I'm, I'm with. I, I agree that it upsets me if I'm a if I bought a ticket. Right, it's bad for the fans. Granted, yeah. but I Listen, mean, if you have a chance to get LeBron James look, I, and you I have will, to lose the last we'll game of the year this. to get LeBron James, you're gonna win the game. We're gonna come back to this. That that's but that's not what we're talking about here. No. So no. So we'll come back to this. We'll see what happens to Milwaukee. If Milwaukee ends up going to the conference finals against Cleveland. Then that worked out, and I'll say, you know what? I stand corrected. But if they end up losing their ass to Boston because now their players aren't sharp or their their, their mindset is different, they don't have that, you know, killer instinct right now because they're in this like lose for Boston mode. Then, then I right. think I'll be right. right. Well, but I mean, you're sort of giving those two extremes, right? I'm just saying, if you're a, if you're a seven seed, you're kind of lucky if you make it into the seven into the second round. So. Why not well, give yourself that? the best chance? Yeah, why not give yourself the, the best shot of, of advancing? And I, if you're I think a fan, that... you'd rather have an extra round of playoffs. Absolutely. And by the time you're in the second round, I you mean, forgot what happened in the last game of the regular season. I don't, I don't, I don't like it from a culture standpoint. Sure. Right? That's the, the main thing for me. From a team culture standpoint of, of doing that sort of gaming of the system, I don't think that's, that's the right culture. I would like as a fan or as an owner, as a coach, whatever it would be. Well, Miami either accidentally or on purpose is with you because they won the last game in their regular season. So yeah. they weren't even, they did not get that memo. Well, or they got it and well, they did Toronto a bad job. didn't get the memo either because Toronto they, played, they, they played right. their starters. Toronto played into all, out. all out. All yeah. out. 
Yeah. And everybody was there were people all over the floor. It was uh it was a good game last yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. Uh okay, so you are going your upset prediction was was which one? I, I still think Milwaukee beats Boston okay. though. Yeah. Yeah. Ivan? I'll take the heat over Philly. I was gonna go with that. That may be a little bit of uh, wishful thinking, especially now with pick, Embiid. No, but but I think it's a it's a more even series than it looks. Yeah, on paper. So yeah, although with Embiid back, there there was initially some you know that was almost a. But I still think we match up well. You know, yeah. two big men. I think you you kind of match up well if Whiteside comes to play. If he comes, Every, to everybody's the... agreeing this. I'm changing my pick. <laughs> They're losing for sure. <laughs> I'm going Utah. He always does this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I see too much, too many people in agreement. I'm like, I'm going the other way. This is Utah. Yeah. Okay. Miami's so losing Utah. That sure. I'm sticking with uh, <laughs> with the Miami upset, and Eric is is looking for Milwaukee. What What happened? Okay, so here are a couple things. I I wasn't watching a lot of it. What happened to Golden State this year? Why are they a two seed? And what happened to the Spurs, who are a seven seed? The Spurs haven't had Kawhi Leonard. Ah, yeah. Uh, and and uh, the Warriors had injuries all season too. Wow, I thought they'd be playing a lot. I know Houston had a great team, but, but I thought Golden State would be. So the trick there in the in the West, I think, is uh, the interesting part is how does Houston, uh, how does Houston play defense here, right? Because they they're a terrible defensive team, and in the playoffs, if you can't lock somebody down, it's hard to win that fi- the conference final. Because everybody's good on offense at that point. You know, Portland is great. Golden State's going to be great. OKC is great. And uh, and so that's going to be an interesting uh, interesting series to watch. Uh, not that first Houston Minnesota one, but the second, the Houston OKC, assuming OKC gets by Utah. Absolutely. So, next question: uh, Who do you have in the finals and winning the whole thing? Utah versus <laughs> Philly. <laughs> oh, man, he's all aboard. All your balls behind Utah. <laughs> no, You're- I. Th- no, we I go think, with the balls again. Yeah, right? yeah. No, Nick does. Nick doesn't get off the ball, bro. <laughs> he doesn't get off the balls. Uh, no, I think. Uh, I think you know. I have this strange feeling about Portland. Like I, I see them. They, they look good, man. So I'm gonna go. Portland uh, is able to lock down Harden, uh, and I think they go against Cleveland. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think Cleveland still gets through. Okay, Toronto looked pretty good last night. Toronto's look great all season. Yeah. I like Toronto a lot. Toronto's stout. So It's just, man, when you got the best player on the planet. I'll take the both one seeds. Toronto, Houston. I'm going to go Golden State, Toronto. Whoa, you think Toronto? All right. Yeah, I still that think Toronto. I think uh I think Golden State even even if injuries are still bothering them a little, they just have too many. That's, that's my only concern with that team. His injuries. There's yeah. that, but they just have too many ways to yeah. hit you. And and Cleveland, aside from just not, I'm not like a LeBron James hater. Team petty. But but I do think that he's he's just he's just such a a toxic cultural force. That's hate. That's hate. No, he just like hate that's hate no, he's, he's the best player in the world, and I think if not for that, it would be like I, I would be all aboard the whatever team he's on. Is going to succeed all the time, but it's just even like in the the years that they've been in the finals, they just look like such a joyless team. They just don't look happy. That is true, and and I think that at some point that starts to wear on you. Like you you, you can only ride that high of like 
of I need some Pharrell happy background music while you, you continue go. to talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we can we do this? We can do that. So so yeah, as Pharrell plays, I think that uh, that this is not going to be the the Cleveland song, but very well may be wrong. Uh, but I'm gonna go Golden State Toronto, okay. and all right, and I'm gonna stick with Golden State. Can someone write this down? Ivan, write it down. We're jotting it. Jot it as we speak. Do some jotting. Is uh, there uh, audio of that? Yeah, yeah. We'll get some some jotting music. Uh, all right. So before we move on to other subjects, we're gonna hear. Well, we're not gonna hear. We're gonna hear from me talking about this episode sponsor. Tell them about it, Nick. Tell them about it. El Galang Cigars. El Galang Reserva Especial comes in four box pressed sizes: the five by fifty two airosos, the five and three quarters by fifty four apuestos, six by fifty two gallardos, which is a torpedo, and the six by sixty obesos. All of these are 100% Nicaraguan cigars with Jalapa Oscuro wrappers available in stores nationwide. You can find them online at elgalangcigars.com. On Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, just search for El Galang Cigars. That's E-L-G-A-L-A-N cigars.com. I'm only now catching on, despite how many podcasts I listen to, to the fact that you should say the name a bunch of times. So, El Galang Cigars, El Galang Cigars, El Galang Cigars. Are you talking about El Galang Cigars? I am talking oh. about El Galang Cigars. Oh. Interesting. Next up, we will be talking, oh, we're about to start talking, about uh, another trip. I was just in New Orleans uh, celebrating a uh, first wedding anniversary. I had not been, what year was the APCPR? Congratulations, Thank Nick. you very much. Congrats, Nicky boy. Thank you. Uh, is it fair to call you Nicky Boy on the air? Is that okay? It already happened. So, okay. you know, what are we going to do? You beat our no, over-under. Huh? Predi- you beat our over-under prediction. Oh, yeah? Yep. yep. Why, what was the over-under? Oh, the Eight over-under. Months. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I thought this was Nicky Boy related. I was like, it's going to take 23 episodes for Nicky Boy to come. Just kidding, Elsie. Uh, we had you at two years. Two years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, we got to get that next trip in soon before uh, before the cutoff. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we were in New Orleans. Neither of us had been just like on a leisure trip, although it's difficult to not call IPCPR at least a bit of a leisure trip. Uh, but when was IPCPR? Sure, after, after hours or, or leisure? Yeah, that was sure. what twenty fifteen or sixteen. Fifteen. Yeah. So I, I, I hadn't been since twenty fifteen, but uh, other than that, neither of us had been just for the hell of it uh, in close to ten years. So, uh, so it was a pretty great trip. Um, just some. What you like the most, man? So. A lo- you know, a lot of it, you sort of go back for the same thing over and over. Yeah. Which is, is fine with me because it's it's such a unique place that it's not stuff that you're getting elsewhere. Exactly. Uh, so, uh, but I had never had the uh, the grilled oysters anywhere. Grilled uh, oysters. The grilled oysters. were We had them at Cochon. Uh, at Cochon. At Cochon. Um, that was our, our lunch spot during the yeah. show, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. So that was with a uh, uh, hot uh, garlic... Uh, butter, hot garlic, and parmesan. Some hot sounds sexy. Garlic. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds and we so did the uh, the soft shell crab there as well. So that <laughs> they was both they, they parted ways right yeah, after, yeah. that night after. Right. <laughs> it's like all right. Well, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. After you brush your teeth uh, four times. Uh, but yeah, that that the soft shell crab and and I think the um, we did preservation hall. So wait, wait, wait. You went to cochon, which is uh, French for pig. Correct. And you had nothing but seafood. We didn't have nothing but seafood. We also had uh, rabbit and dumplings. 
So not surprisingly, a pig to the, be found. The uh, the menu wasn't as pork forward as no, I no. thought it would be. There was a lot of other stuff. Maybe maybe we also had we had had the oysters recommended to us, and the soft shell crab was in season, so we didn't want to pass on that. What? And, oh, of course not. And then and then we did the uh, the rabbit and dumplings, and I, I forget what else we did, but. Uh, yeah, we, we ate a lot everywhere we went. And then uh, we did Preservation Hall, which I, I hadn't done before because it's sort of easy to to kind of blow off because just because of the format of it, you're, you're lined up outside on Bourbon Street for roughly an hour, uh, 20 bucks cash ahead, and then you go into this very small room and it doesn't sound like it's a good idea. But the music really was, like it was an experience to be in there. And uh, if, if you're in New Orleans, highly recommend Preservation Hall. Uh, and then the other recommendation on Magazine Street, which was kind of the surprise of the trip, was Shaya, which is uh, an Israeli restaurant. Shaya! So, More <laughs> fire, Shaya! So, <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm in a goofy mood, man. Uh, yeah, Shaya was, uh, is an Israeli restaurant. Shaya is the, I believe, the last name of whoever the chef owner is. Boom um, Shaya. And <laughs> come to Boom Shaya upon them. Uh, a little shout out to Nick Melillo. Uh, who, by the way, was featured in a recent podcast interview. So uh, if you want to hear all about his boom fire, uh, go back to the last episode. But uh, Shia. Here's a boom Shia. The boom Shia. Uh, all of the, the biggest boom Shia we felt was in the, uh, the lamb ragu hummus, which was pretty awesome. Was that the pic you posted on Instagram? It was, yeah. Yeah, that looked, uh, that looked amazing. Yeah, yeah. It almost looked like un gabanzo frito. It's kind of kind of what it was because the garbanzos the were were like crispy, so the the garbanzos that were over the you know over the ragu were uh, a little bit of a crunchy element. Do they make that in a po' boy? Oof, they do give time. you pita bread, so you can make an Israeli po' boy if you if you really want to. Okay, um, but yeah, everything that we had there was uh, was excellent. We had uh, that hummus and some kofta, also some babka. All kinds of stuff. That, and that was probably where we left waddling the hardest from how much we ate, which in New Orleans is saying something. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, also, want to make sure that I throw in a shout-out to Cigar Factory New Orleans, another place I had not been in quite a long time. Thank you to uh, to Shauna and Alex and everybody there. They uh, did us a little bit of a favor that saved us some, some travel time, just given how we had uh, scheduled flights and hotels and stuff. So thank you very much to them. I made sure to pick up. Some cigars, if you're in New Orleans and you're a cigar smoker, that is definitely a place you want to go because you'll be able to pick up some cigars that you probably won't find back home. So, And they're making them right there. And they're making them right there. It's um, And, and it's a very different kind of experience, right? Because you're, it's, it's a little bit like the experience that you get in Ybor City, but it's also, you know, it's, it's got its own kind of cultural feel to it. Sure. Um, and, and you're right. You know, right in the thick of the French Quarter. So, pretty great stuff. Uh, definitely check out Cigar Factory New Orleans. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if you guys have any other New Orleans things that you want to talk about, but that was those were Maple sort of... Leaf on a Tuesday, Rebirth Brass Band. It's good. That's a good yeah? time. Yeah. Cool. Did that with Carluba years ago. Nice. And uh, came back and and did it again last time we went. What about the uh, museum? That's right. The World yeah. War Two Museum. We did the World War Two Museum for those who who do not know. The World War II, the National World War II Museum, yep. is uh, is located in New Orleans. A lot of people that we've spoken to, who just asked us how the trip had gone, have asked why there even is a World War II Museum in New Orleans. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's because it started as a D-Day museum, mm-hmm. 
And New Orleans is where they manufactured the, uh, I forget what the name of the boats. Uh, yeah, that amphibious vehicle yeah, that would. Uh, exactly, right. So I, I forget the name. Gosh, there's a street like right behind it with the name of the freaking amphibious vehicle. The the Bebe boats. <laughs> all the Bebe boats. Whoa, what's that? That is Nick's version of New Orleans baby. Baby. All the baby boats. <laughs> We're manufactured in New Orleans. I thought you had a stroke or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, what happened? Um, so, yeah, uh, the uh, the war crawfish were manufactured <laughs> in, in New Orleans, and so eventually it expanded into a, a broader World War II museum, and they have uh, uh, all kinds of planes and boats and guns and uniforms and uh, really good interactive elements. Like, even if you're not a museum person, uh pretty great like immersive museum experience and it's got you know everything done in a way that no matter how you like absorbing this stuff uh you can right you can spend the whole time reading you can spend the whole time watching stuff you can be like looking at all the artifacts and and all that so uh easily uh, a four or five hour thing uh and lucky for us it was raining on on the saturday so you know it worked out that because that's part of the thing right is like you're in new orleans and you don't necessarily go to New Orleans in that museum mentality. But if it's raining, that's probably about the best way that you can spend that time. Higgins boats. The Higgins boats. So the Higgins boats were uh, were all uh, manufactured in New Orleans. Uh, the two of you have also been to that museum, no? Yeah, loved it, man. I, the I only reason I went, I went was it, because Ivan uh, recommended it. And I think I went when it was raining also. So it was a good time, good four or five hours we spent there. What I remember, they have a decent bar there too that you can I had, hang out. Yeah, I, I had, had gumbo had and beers, like yeah. lo- and local beer, which was very good. Um, the thing that impressed me the most were these um, interviews that they uh, conducted with some of the veterans, and they were showing them off uh, upstairs, like on the second floor somewhere. And, yeah. and these guys don't sugarcoat any of their mm-hmm. stories. They were like being some very, badasses, yeah, they had some badass. They too. were like really, they were very raw in the way that they were describing what was going on. It was yeah. It was very eye opening. Now that you mentioned that, so one of the one of the ones that we watched, you know, I forget his name. You, you're going through there, and it's like you're part of the cool thing is that they focus on a lot of people who are not necessarily like central characters in the histories that you've seen before. Uh, and one of them was a uh, uh, one of the the black Americans who fought in World War II. And one of the things that I thought was so interesting was that uh, in his interview. He talks about how upset he was at having not gotten, I want to say it was a, a Medal of Honor, uh, despite, uh, you know, all the, the a particular heroic act that should have qualified him, uh, and that he sort of only got over it after he got the Medal of Honor. Uh, so to your point, right, like they, they're, they're not, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a national World War II museum. There's going to be, uh, it's, it's definitely from an American perspective. But they don't shy away from those aspects of the American perspective that you know are not necessarily uh, uh, super rah rah. Yeah, uh, yeah. So and the movie. Uh, did you see the movie? Yeah. That they have in the, yeah. So the oh man, that was so they got this that was rough man. It was it was awesome. Did everybody yeah. stand up and clap after the movie? And in my everybody did. In Me mine. too. And I, I had yeah. a, a veteran of World War Two watching the movie there with us. It was very emotional. Yeah. And then. Uh, what I thought was interesting was also, you know, there. So, for example, there's a part of the movie where it's shot kind of like from the perspective of inside of a bomber. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
uh, or rather from just outside, like if you were flying right in front of a bomber, and uh, like the front end of of this bomber kind of comes down Com- on yeah, a, it comes through uh, right, or it comes. Well, I don't remember if it came through. Maybe because I remember being suspended from cable, so maybe they changed yeah, but it I, something. yeah, I think it it like moves forward right, and then suddenly right. it comes into view for the audience. Exactly right, yeah. right, right. Uh, which when it's happening, like when the thing is coming down, I'm kind of thinking, okay, this is gonna be cheesy as hell. This is gonna be some like. You know, thirty years ago, Disney World, but no, it's super impressive. Like the, the whole thing was incredibly the done. way that they incorporate all these physical. So, and I was wondering when I was going in, what is a four D movie? And then yeah, you kind of figure too. it out. I had the same. Thing. Yeah, I uh, think wasn't that directed by Tom Hanks or something? It's or narrated by, by Tom. It might have also been directed or produced or something by Tom yeah. Hanks, but he definitely narrates it. Um, so yeah, uh, definitely worth the visit. Uh, just for the sake of throwing in the the email. A lot of people who listen to this podcast have been to New Orleans. If you have any favorite New Orleans things, shoot us an email. Give us your recommendations at feedback at cigarsnobmag.com, and maybe we'll uh, we'll recommend some some of the lesser known, you know, like... Uh, well, you also got a few good shops there, right? You got Crescent City. That's right. You got... Smoke on the Water. Smoke on the Water on Canal Street. Um, the one I told you to go to. Oh, um, uh, uh, the old... Don Leoncio. Don Leoncio. Leoncio. Not Dionisio. Uh, Don Leoncio. Yeah, Don Leoncio's over there. Um, actually, on, not on far Chapatula. from the museum. Right? Not, not, yeah, not far from the museum. No, it's not on Chapatula. I know, I'm just throwing just out a like street that I, yeah, I do. I do. Don't quote me on that. Oh, baby street. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, moving on to some golfing babies. Uh, the Masters. We spoke about the Masters in anticipation of them. In the last podcast, uh, we are got we into. Skipping, are we skipping past tax day here? Oh, you know what? Hold on. Oh man, I I have done some egregious scrolling. I we I skipped all kinds of stuff. Yes. Tax day. Tax day is coming up April eighteenth. Seventeenth. 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 Hey, this is Nick here. Just interrupting for a moment after the fact to let you know that uh, in the coming minutes you will be hearing a discussion about why tax day twenty eighteen is not on April fifteenth. However, I totally have my calendar mixed up in this discussion and insist that tax day is on April 18th. It is not. It is April 17th, so you've been warned. Despite what you're about to hear, uh, all of which is accurate in the sense of uh, uh, Emancipation Day and the explanation for why the date shifted, know that tax day is on the 17th. So we don't want to be getting letters from angry listeners uh, telling us that they missed a tax deadline because of the Cigar Snob podcast. Uh, you know, anyway, uh, that's that's all. Just wanted to throw that out there, throw out a little uh, preemptive correction so that, uh, you know, we, we avoid confusion. You've been warned. We've done our part. Uh, here is our, uh, you know, conversation about tax day 2018. I, I think so. No, I think yeah. 17th is the Sunday. Oh, okay. So then it would be 18th. Yeah, it's on the 18th. Uh, and the reason the tax day is on the 18th is that April 16th, which is the Saturday, is Emancipation Day in Washington D.C. So when Emancipation Day lands on the sixth on the Saturday, D.C. has the Friday off. In this case, the Friday is the 15th, and so tax day gets pushed to the Monday. Uh, My God, the accountants must absolutely hate that, right? Yeah. Like we have to work for a few more days. Right. Right. What exactly is Emancipation Day? Give it to him, Nick. I didn't know this either until uh, Eric mentioned it to me. I just I knew that there was some kind of a delay. 
but Emancipation Day is actually a DC holiday. Uh, I would have assumed, not having remembered all the details of my high school American history classes, that this was related to the Emancipation Proclamation, but no. It is the uh, day that DC celebrates Lincoln signing the Compensated Emancipation Act, which ended slavery in DC by paying slave owners for releasing their slaves. Uh, so that happened on April 16th, 1862. So uh, this year, it's on a Saturday, which means that you are emancipated also for like three <laughs> days. paying taxes for three more days. <laughs> um, any, uh, yeah, I don't know that we have any fun tax stories, but... Well, no, I just, I thought it was funny that, that, uh, that accountants all over the country must be hating this day. Right. So. Yeah, yeah. And especially the fact that it delays it across a weekend. So they've got, I'm sure, people bothering the shit out of them for of course. the whole Saturday and Sunday. Um, so someone who, I'm trying to figure out how to tie this in. Uh, anyway, he has screwed himself over. Uh, <laughs> Tristan Thompson. Uh, actually, this is, this is related because that video is from a DC club. Ah. So there is your segue. You found the segue. Well, last, the minute, segue. last minute. Last segue. minute segue. So uh, Tristan Thompson of Cleveland Cavaliers fame and also uh, keeping up with the Kardashians fame, uh, who is married to or engaged to? Are they married? They're having a kid. They're having uh, a kid. Yeah. yeah. With Chloe uh, Kardashian. Did, wasn't the kid born already? The, yeah. Yes. Oh, they, we they, have breaking news. Chloe Kardashian's baby was born today. Congratulations, Congratulations. Chloe and Tristan. Uh, <laughs> that's got to be the best use of the noisemaker so <laughs> no far. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, so yeah, Tristan Thompson was um, uh, another interest. So okay, let's let's lay down the uh, TMZ has released security footage of Tristan Thompson at a DC area nightclub. Uh, with two women, neither of whom was Khloe Kardashian, basically making out and getting all felt up, uh, and also motorboating. Yeah, uh, I love one the, of them. I love the headline. I hadn't I hadn't seen this yeah. till right now, and it's uh, cheating on Khloe uh, with two women, making out, grabbing junk, and motorboating. Grabbing junk. I even found <laughs> another headline that I think is even not cigar snob podcast friendly. Uh, yeah, the caressing. Uh, yeah, but uh, but yeah, this is this has to be a headline writer's dream. Uh, it's just one of those stories that you can that you can have some fun with. And on the one, I feel conflicted because I never like making light of these sorts of things and even celebrities' personal lives. But it's like by now you're almost asking for it if you get involved with the Kardashians in any way, shape, or form. And then on top of that, you cheat on a Kardashian in a public way in a public place. It, but did he cheat? Like did a, he cheat, or is this like a Me Too? No, he was no. because he was getting his junk. No, 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 no. Well, no, but he was spotted later on uh, by paparazzi uh, going into a hotel room with either one of them or a third person. So, so yeah, <sighs> something guy. something seems to have gone down. Yeah, Ivan with the poor guy. <laughs> so I, I'm not really sure what the discussion is here, but it feels like it warrants some discussion. I, I don't I, know. I, I so the thought that crossed my mind was. And I still would put, you know, the blame on him for doing this, not only to other people, but to, like, why would you, if you're in that situation, let's just suppose that you're the cheating type, 
right? And and by type, I mean like somebody who's just gonna go out of their way. Male. Yeah, but somebody who's like gonna go way out of their way, like it's okay. like the person who would do it even if they're not in a compromising situation or yeah. tempted or whatever. Being in that public a relationship, it seems like there was just no concern, and then it's just got to complicate his That's in the locker feels, room. It like, feels uh, like uh, like it's done on purpose for me, right? Like then you're going like into the, publicity, and then you're going into like into the locker room knowing that like this is gonna come out at some point. And the other interest, what I was going to say was the security footage is from October, and it's coming out now. So, like, people were, like, scouring security footage for this kind of thing. And, yeah. Um, it's a, you know that it's going to come out, especially when you're in a relationship with that high-profile person in a family sure. that people are already looking for all the juicy, you know, what are their NBA significant others up to. Yeah, I don't um, get it. Why would you go with the ugliest of the Kardashians, you too? <laughs> You're gonna do it. You go with the top one, right? Go with the top dog, man. Not the ugly sister. Well, the one of the one of the women involved here uh, is a bit of a Kim Kardashian lookalike, and actually described herself on Instagram as the oldest Kardashian. Ah. Uh, so that's just that adds a whole other layer of just weirdness. Yeah, a little layer of weird there to the whole thing. But uh, anyway, uh, dilly dilly, Tristan. I'm still lost on Dilly Dilly, and I feel like i it's more fun to not know. I'm just going to ride the Dilly Wave uh, through this whole thing. But, uh, but yeah, so that is that is the news from from Kardashianville. And now for a bit of the news from Villager Cigars, a sponsor of this episode. Villager Cigars is celebrating 130 years in tobacco and unveiling its first-ever full-bodied premium handmade cigar in the Villager La Vencedora. It's a follow-up to the highly acclaimed Villiger La Flor de Inclán and Villiger Sandoro Colorado. The Nicaraguan Puro is wrapped in a beautiful Nicaraguan Habano Oscuro wrapper and boasts a potent full-bodied smoking experience featuring highly seasoned, hearty flavors. The Villiger La Vencedora is a palate-pleasing, full-bodied yet elegant cigar that will satisfy the cigar connoisseur as well as the casual smoker. Make sure that you visit Villiger online at villigercigars.com Check them out on Facebook, facebook.com slash villiger.northamerica. Twitter at Villiger Cigars, that's cigars with an S at the end. And Instagram at Villiger Cigar, just Villiger Cigar, no S at the end on Instagram. All right, so uh, we are, I think, all coming up on the, actually, Ivan's already removed it, but we're all at or around the, uh, the secondary band on this Hamlet 25th year. Uh, what are your impressions so far? It's good. I think the uh, the intensity crept up a bit, which was nice. Uh, getting little, a bit of burn on the retro hill, which I wasn't getting initially, so it's nice. A little a little uptick on pepper, yeah. Yeah, and the cedar has faded a bit also, which uh, it, it kind of has brought in a, a little more balance. Getting uh, a lot of nuts, honey, cinnamon. What's up with you guys and the nuts and the balls? and the, what, What's your deal? God, hey, man. get your head out of the gutter, buddy. Come on now. <laughs> uh so yeah, I mean, no, I'm enjoying. I'm, I'm still enjoying it. I like the transition. I, 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 I don't know. Whoever listens to this always knows. I, I do. I like transitions. Yeah. I like when it changes. So although it is a subtle shift, right? Yeah, it's, it's yeah, not a, it's, it's not, not a roller so, coaster of a cigar. Yeah, it, it didn't go from black to white. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but I'm enjoying it. I uh, and it's burning beautifully. By the way, I don't know about you, you guys. You're good. Yeah. Yeah. No, nice no, I, I haven't had to. Well, I, I relit it only because I had left it alone for a little bit, but. Uh, but yes, no, it's it's burning beautifully, having no no issues with that whatsoever. So, uh, 
we'll uh, we'll come back to this in a bit. But uh, but yeah, pretty you know pretty solid smoke. You know, I mean, I'm I'm taking my son now to a basketball game. Otherwise, I would have loved to have uh, gotten into some rum uh-huh. with this. I think I think rum would would pair beautifully with this right now. A little Zafra. You don't have a little uh, basketball game flask. I don't. I don't. <laughs> that's 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 my fault, though. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Uh, so now we can get into the Masters, which we talked about in our last chit chat jibber jabber episode. Uh, we made some predictions at that point. Oh, but wait, wait, wait. Before if we're gonna talk about the Masters, cut in some theme music right here. Okay. Insert here. Got it. Ah, a tradition like no other. It's great. Oh, I thought you were going to oh, give it. Oh, no, no, no. I don't, I don't think, think that's it all has. he had. A tradition like no other. Okay. No, so. it's actually wrong. It's like, ah, uh, a tradition unlike any other. That, that sounds so much better. Oh, oh yeah. man. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, we made some predictions. We got into some deep analysis. Did you guys see it? I CNN? did, I did. I, I actually jumped through some hoops to be able to see it. <laughs> Nick's shaking it. He's like, no, man. I was on Frenchman Street. <laughs> I was drinking Sazeracs. I don't want you to know goddamn golf. <laughs> but I did. Yeah, oh. me too. I actually, uh, my brother sat, we were at my mom's house or my brother's house. Uh, and he sabotaged the backyard TV so that I wouldn't be able to watch it. So I was watching it on my phone. And My uh, brother-in-law was watching it on his phone too. And I, I took off and went home and, and caught uh, the last six holes or so. Yeah, of uh, of Patrick Reed uh, wrapping it up. Man, he, he sure did. He, he sure did. He I was balled out. Yeah, more balls. <laughs> you see, there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, you wanted uh, Jordan. He yeah, made did, a push at the end. You want every, probably everybody wanted him. You know, to pull through and make that my, win at the end. My kids were jumping up and down, hoping for Jordan. Oh, I thought they were jumping up and down when Rory was choking at the end. No, no, they're because that uh, is nice. Like Jordan. Sorry about all your European tour fans out there, but yeah. watching cho- Rory choke is wonderful. Well, what, uh, so did John Rom. Uh, Rom fell apart. Fell okay. apart at the back there at the end. Yeah, but he was he was he was out of it by a bit. He was like five or six strokes out. Rory and, and yeah, Patrick Rory went in there head-to-head, and yeah. it was almost like a rematch of that uh, Ryder Cup yep. where Patrick beat his yeah. butt before, and he did it again. Yeah. So uh, it was good to see an American win it. Uh, he did it convincingly. Uh, convincingly. Yeah, convincingly. Hmm. Uh, but what do you think about the whole uh, so I, I thought Patrick I, Reed so, uh, so family story? So we're watching it, and uh, and my wife says, we're, you know, the guy putts, he, he makes that, that par putt to win it, and uh, and it's over, and he's coming off the course, uh, coming off the green, and his wife comes up to greet him. By the way, at that point, you're always looking for the tears, right? You want to yeah. see the guy wins his first Masters, for you sure. want to see him start crying, get all emotional. And, and not only no, no, that, no. but the crowd, like the crowd was subdued. Normally when, when that winning putt is made, like the crowd just explodes, right? And then I, I just you look back there and you see people just standing They're up che- like cheering, but, yeah, but, but not it was not crappy, right, right? Right? It wasn't like rowdy. Yeah, like if Jordan would have won it, there would have been people doing backflips right, and they would have right. brought out like confetti. It would have been crazy. And so, so then my wife says, "Where are his parents? His parents are not there." She's asking me, yeah. and I, and I said, "I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Other than watching the guy play, I don't know a lot about him." And so she starts googling and finds out that the guy hasn't talked to his parents. 
in I don't know how many years. So I thought that was that was weird. But you yeah, told I heard, me. I heard I heard about the news afterwards. You know, like everyone else. So I hear that, and for for everybody that that doesn't know, Patrick Reed was obviously a great you know high school golfer. Was recruited to play at Georgia. Goes to Georgia, gets caught cheating on the golf course, not on his By wife. The way, he doesn't get along with anyone. Doesn't get along with anyone. Like, I and mean, even still today. <laughs> gets locked up for a couple different reasons. You know, I think he had like DUI, something like that. Gets thrown off the team, so has to go to Georgia State, where he ends up winning. Augusta State. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Augusta State, which is down the street from Augusta National. Yep. Ends up winning uh, the national championship. For Augusta State, which is unheard and of. he wins player of the year or something like that, right? Awesome. Whatever the uh, award is. He's at Augusta State. Family moves, you know, to Augusta to live near him. Uh, he graduates and then, I guess, meets a girl while at school and decides to tell his parents that he's going to get married with her. So this is a girl that, you know, his yeah, wife, his current wife, wife that he kissed coming off the green, who's four years older than, than him. So he goes and tells played his, that really well. Yeah, <laughs> very <laughs> well. Did you see the well. ring on her hand? So he goes, tells his parents, hey, I'm getting married. And they're like, are you crazy? What are you doing? You have I this. Any parent says that at that of point. Of course. Right? You're, especially, you know, for, for your son who's successful, has a bright future ahead of him. Seems like a little early for this, but decides, hey, I'm going to get married. Parents disagree. And he says, F you, I won't do what you tell me. Like Rage Against the Machine style? Rage Against the Machine style and stops talking to his parents. So I don't think he speaks to them since like 2011. They try to talk to him. Actually, they go out to the U.S. Open that he was competing in in 2014. And the wife sees his family on the course and ha- asks USGA officials to throw them off the golf course. That's crazy, So his man. parents get escorted off the golf course. And now he wins the Masters. And has zero contact with them, doesn't even acknowledge them. I know, like you, you want that that moment, especially as a young golfer like he is. I don't know how old he is, but he's he's young, under thirty. Yeah, and uh, so that moment, you know, you remember like when Tiger comes off and hugs his dad. I mean, that's the everybody, thing, right? Every, everybody, every young golfer. You saw it with Jordan. You saw it with Justin Thomas. Like they always they come off, and they of the first thing you want to do is hug your parents. I mean, they're the ones that have been with you this whole ride. He his dad put him in his first golf lesson. Of course you're gonna. And so hug yeah, man, it was so. weird. So it was funny that my wife even like noticed that. So that's how noticeable it was. So then he was on Jimmy Fallon last night, and I don't I don't watch a lot of these shows, these uh, late night shows. But they said he was going to be on, and those fuckers, they hooked me. I, was, I, was, I watched the entire show just to see if, if Jimmy was going to ask him anything about his parents. But Jimmy's not, not into hard questions. Yeah, was, softball. It was all softball. Right. What I, size jacket do you wear? Can you, when do you wear it? What do you do with it? I was like, oh, man, come on. Give me some good cheese. It's kind of like Nicolas Antonio Jimenez. Softball, question. man. He's softball a softball or... factory. <laughs> <laughs> I like the softballs, the hardballs. Oh, all Jesus the- Christ. the balls. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, no, that, that, was, uh, that was crazy. I, I want to read more about, about that story. That, that just seems like to me, I, I couldn't possibly do that. I couldn't do that to my mom or dad. I couldn't. I wouldn't have the heart to do it. I'm not going to lie. I'm a big fan of his just because he's such a passionate. They call him Captain America. Passionate yeah. competitor, great golfer, beats everybody head to head. Yeah, he's a badass. But this really puts a puts him in a bad light yeah. for me. 
Well, not only that, but also he's got this like isolationist thing, right, where he doesn't play a practice round I'm, with anyone. I'm fine with that. I'm okay with he that. Didn't but get along with anyone on his college teams. You don't uh, turn you know. your back on your mom or your of dad. Of course, that's the no most way. egregious of all no of them. Way. So, so. But hey, congrats on winning the Masters, though, yeah. buddy. Congratulations. congratulations you got to a green Mr. jacket. Reed. But notice how I did. We did not get the the horn oh, thing man. from Ivan. That's how unceremonious Seriously. this was. Patrick Reed. You get the horn. Very Can't wait good. to see what you serve at the uh, Champions Dinner next year. Now it's official. Now that he got the horn. Uh, speaking of horns. Golf, horns. Speaking of horns. Now speaking of uh, speaking of golf, Ivan, you were recently involved in a golf tournament. I did. I'm playing some tune-up events uh, for a qualifier that not I have tuna, coming up. Not tuna. Events. Not tuna events. Tune-up events. Too much tuna. Yeah, tune-up events. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm trying to get ready, compete in something big at the end of the month. Uh, came in fifth place yesterday, shot 76. Not too happy with the score. Had a triple, had a double. But game's coming around. Uh, Going to play well. So, we'll see. So Congrats, thanks, buddy. thanks, thanks for no including horn. me. Yeah, I don't <laughs> no like patting. No I don't like patting myself on the back <laughs> or pulling my own horn. <laughs> so thanks for thanks for adding me into the show there. But now let's move along. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, I wish we had a second horn, but I'm not about to share a horn with you. So, uh, you know who I would share a horn with though? Villager cigars. <laughs> <laughs> Boo! <laughs> Boo for the segue. Yeah, not for yeah, the yeah, yeah. All right. Segue. So yeah, here is a word, final word for the episode from our sponsor, Villager Cigars. Villager Cigars is celebrating 130 years in tobacco and unveiling its first ever full-bodied premium handmade cigar in the Villager La Vencedora. It's a follow-up to the highly acclaimed Villager La Flor de Inclán and Villager Sandoro Colorado. The Nicaraguan Puro is wrapped in a beautiful Nicaraguan Habano Oscuro wrapper and boasts a potent full-bodied smoking experience featuring highly seasoned, hearty flavors. The Villager La Vencedora is a palate-pleasing, full-bodied yet elegant cigar that will satisfy the cigar connoisseur as well as the casual smoker. Make sure that you visit Villager online at villagercigars.com. Check them out on Facebook, facebook.com slash villager.northamerica. Twitter at Villager Cigars, that's cigars with an S at the end, and Instagram at Villager Cigar, just Villager Cigar, no S at the end, on Instagram. Okay, all right, welcome back, and we're going to round out the Cigar Snob podcast. First, we will recommend to you, this is where we give you our parting recommendations, but we will give you a uh, sort of institutional recommendation that you head over to our website, that's cigarsnobmag.com, and check out the uh whoa. check out a story that we have just posted this is actually also in the most recent episode uh, recent episode the recent issue of the magazine in print uh it is a story on Aganorsa and uh its founder Eduardo Fernandez um they are the makers of Casa Fernandez cigars as well as uh the factory that manufactures uh cigars for brands like Viaje Ilusione Viaje Ilusione Foundation yeah. Uh, so yeah, go on there, check that out, and also scroll a little bit farther back into our uh, into our podcast episodes for the full version of the interview with Eduardo Fernandez. Uh, and we we also have the episode the interview with Nick, uh, 
up there. Uh, and we'll have other interviews that were sort of, you know, uh, related to that story coming up on this podcast. So make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're checking back for all of that stuff. Uh, now for our parting recommendations where we let you know some things that you should uh, eat, smoke, drink, buy, read, watch, listen to. Our huh. first... I don't have any of those. You don't have any of those, but I don't <laughs> want to spoil this for people. Ivan, if there were an award for recommendations, Ivan wins it many episodes, but but this one, he's hands oh, down. This one takes it big time. So we, we've touched on this one. I know why episodes. you like it, because it's the weirdest thing I've ever recommended, oh and you're the king of weird when it comes weird. to the recommendations. And this is, I'm a little jealous that I'm not wearing this thing right now. <laughs> all right. You're this, spoiling it. Yeah, you're spoiling it. So this is uh, going out to all my plumbers out there. <laughs> it's gonna sound a little weird but i think a lot of people share the same problem i do uh <laughs> you know you you wear your clothes your shirt's not long enough and you bend over to get something and you're showing some butt crack so i bought this thing off amazon not that i was looking for i was looking for something else but amazon recommended a what product. the hell were you looking for that Amazon recommended this? But anyway. Yeah, relax. Let me just read the description, what it's called. It's the <laughs> Jalinda Men's Dress Shirt Stays with Adjustable Garter Belts. Mm, okay, sexy. so this thing, yeah. Are you, at, are you wearing that at home? I do for fun. <laughs> I do for fun, and it does look funky. And my wife laughs you just at get, me. You get a babysitter, and then you just yeah. And then you and you and Eva around the house, and you wear this thing. Yeah, I like that. I like so that. if you guys haven't figured it out, it's a garter belt that goes around your legs and it clips to the bottom of your shirt and keeps your shirt tucked in at all times. And I will say, I used it yesterday for the first time at this golf tournament, and I played an entire round of golf without having to retuck my shirt. So it was awesome. That's Again, impressive. I'm telling you, if you guys have this problem, and a lot of you skinny folk don't have this problem, if you're shaped like a pair, like me and Nick. <laughs> Hold on. Leave me out of this coin slot. Nick's like, what the hell? Leave me out of what the coin I slot do? issue. I'm bigger than you, and I don't have that. I don't know where you're buying your shirts, but you need to get them. I'm, you're talking about plate of whole. I don't think you've ever poured yourself water without me seeing your coin slot. <laughs> so this is very exciting. Okay. So I have an extra long coin slot, like everything else I have. <laughs> So, anyways, this thing costs ten bucks. It's the best thing that you can buy if you if you expose other people to crack. So, anyways, check it out. All right. Uh, so, from garters to oh no, my, mine is mine is uh, totally conservative. One strange rock show on National Geographic uh, talks about the Earth and uh, yeah, no, we're not talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, but where, where would you go to see it? National Geographic. National Geographic. And it's okay. a, a view of astronauts talking about the Earth as they view it from, from above. It's pretty cool. But it's not a man a, garter belt. This is a series or a, doc, or a series? Uh, series. Okay. One Strange Rock series. Uh, I'm recommending Mudbound on Netflix. This was uh, Mary J. Blige was nominated for an Oscar for this in this most recent Academy Awards. It was way better than I thought it would be. Uh, I watched it on the flights to and from half and half uh, New Orleans. And uh, long story short, it is a white family and a black family in uh, the South. Uh, they are both farming families, each with a relative who goes off to World War II. And the whole story is sort of about the racial dynamic when these two guys get back to the Deep South post-World War II. Uh, and as always... Still not a man-garter. Not a man-garter. I'm also recommending, uh, if you... Uh, some of you may know who Casey Neistat is. He's a... Uh, 
very well-known YouTube uh, personality. And uh, he recently sold, uh, somewhat recently sold, his company Beam to CNN, uh, which then promptly shut Beam down. Uh, so I guess they, I don't know what they're doing with it, but... The hell he, is the uh, point of that, but okay. Yeah, so he uh, he's starting another business called 368. And uh, I would recommend that even people who are not into this vlog phenomenon uh, go and check out uh, the most recent uh, episodes of his YouTube channel uh, because basically from here on out, uh, supposedly the point of his vlog will be to sort of document the process of getting this 368 business off the ground. So if you're into like entrepreneurship and startup stories, this will be sort of an interesting way to follow from uh, from uh, you know square one the the development of this company. The point of which uh, is basically to offer uh, you know other internet media uh, small time folk uh, a place to record videos and do editing and all kinds of other because he's stuff. a talented filmmaker. He is yes. Yeah, so he had an HBO no show doubt. before yeah, he got into YouTube. Talented. So uh, so yeah, a little a little bit sort of higher end on the creative side than a lot of the other uh, people who who get famous on YouTube. So, with that, I don't know if we've got anything else that we want to get into. Mangarter. Go get Man-garter, one. Mangarter. Go get one for Faux sure. Oh, show. <laughs> Can we do like Cigar Snob branded Mangarters? Is this, is this out of the question? I will look into it. Okay, here we go. Look out for that soon. CigarSnobMangarters.com. Thank you very much for joining us. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Visit us at CigarSnobMag.com slash podcast for past episodes. You can subscribe to the print magazine there, which is a good thing to do. Follow us on social media. Just search for Cigar Snob Mag, wherever it is that you do social things. Hey, happy 25th, dude. That's right. Happy 25th episode to us. Wait, yeah. wait, oh, wait, here wait, we go. Here wait, we go. Here we go. Oh. That deserves it. Boom. Take care. Later. Later.